Joining us on the Roman Guest Line is Ryan Butler of Wagers.com. Ryan, thank you for joining the show. Hey, happy to be here, guys. Um, we, we got a question for you, Ryan. Of course, every time you have we have you on, something big is going on in the sports gambling landscape. We have a sports book in Maryland. Finally, Governor Hogan is going to place the first bet on what? The ninth. So that's Thursday night. Probably something for the football game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Vikings. I'd assume he'd fade Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins is no longer front of the area, so he better go with Pittsburgh, but that's also a terrible bet, uh, Mr. Mayor, because the Pittsburgh Steelers actually suck. The Ravens just suck more. But can you tell us and give us some more deets about this 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 whole thing that's going on in Maryland? Also, the mobile versus the in-person aspect of this sports. Like, what's what's going on with this sports book? It's a funky sports book. Yeah, well, real quick, that no politician ever goes against the home team no matter what. So if he's betting on the if he's betting, he's betting on the Ravens. But more importantly, yes, it's, it's a weird situation. It's, online sports books are very separate. They go through an entirely separate licensing process. One isn't associated with the other. It's completely different. Um, I could go on and on about it. But the point being, what's important for Maryland bettors and people who are listening is that retail betting is beginning. Now, you have to go in person. You have to go to a casino, uh, one of which is going to be at lovely uh, MGM National Harbor, that which will have the very first sports book uh, in Maryland. Two more sports books are going to open up on Friday, and two more are scheduled to open up before the end of the month. And then it looks like we'll have two more sometime early next year. Now, that's, again, you have to go to the casino in person. If you want to bet on your phone, you want to bet mobily, that still is months and months away. Could be as much as a year until mobile apps are up and running in that's Maryland. Sick. Ryan, you mentioned that. Like, What would be the reason that uh, governments or legislators would allow a physical sports book and then they would drag their feet or delay the process of mobile sports betting, especially how much they can tax it and how much revenue can come into the state, especially for Maryland, where you can literally just drive across the border and go to Virginia where it's legal. Did we lose you, Ryan? We might have lost Ryan right there. We can't can you guys hear me? Oh, there, yeah, we go. there you are, Ryan. Did you hear oh, what I said? Sorry, guys. No, you're okay. Yeah, I heard your question. heard your question fine. Um, yeah, and again, it's not just Virginia. It's D.C., it's uh, Pennsylvania, West Virginia as well. So the, a lot of it comes down to politics. Maryland had an unusual system where, again, to their credit, we admire this, they really wanted to prioritize minority women and small business ownership. They wanted them to be stakeholders involved. In many states, it pretty much the online sports books pretty much just go to the casinos. Maryland's idea was to create a separate, um, honestly, regulatory body, group of people who approve the sports books, that would ensure this participation. So again, a very admirable uh, you know, endeavor, something I think we can all celebrate, but the problem comes that creates an extra layer of bureaucracy and is a big reason why this process is going to take so long. They want to assure that some of the, some people who might not have traditionally been with sports books, especially online sports books, make sure they have a chance in Maryland. But again, that just creates some delays as this process is going to take longer than be? it has in most other states. Who would that be that we're not aware of that could get into the, the sports book game? Oh, yeah. So in Maryland, it, can, it honestly can be anybody. It really can basically be any Maryland business can be involved in online sports betting. Really, honestly, pretty much anybody can, can apply for a license. Now, they'll probably partner with the big names. You know, it, it's not going to be, you know, a, a small guy and you know, all that. But it, what you have to do is affiliate with one of those brands. And it can be pretty much anyone. And that's kind of what they're opening to. But the problem is when you do that, 
it just just makes things a little bit more complicated. You're going to have some people who might not be as familiar. There's going to be a lot more, again, complications with it. So I know it's very confusing with all. I hope I I can explain it as best as possible. But that's why we're looking at the delayed for online launch. Binge binge Chili Bowl could open like a mobile Yeah, Yeah, man. Like it'll be like the mom and pop, like little like shops that serve like chicken noodle soup. And then they got like machines in the back. Right. Right. I mean, I'm half Uh, kidding. So, I mean, I actually don't know if there's the. I know the Ben's Chili Bowl is in Virginia and D.C., but if there's one in Maryland, it absolutely, it theoretically could do that. Yes, it theoretically could. That's awesome. I know that like a lot of uh, my friends and family back home in Chicago were hoping that they could go to Wrigley Field, they could go to you know U.S. Cellular, they could go to the United Center and place bets there. And I know that you know most of the people I know in Chicago not the biggest Lori Lightfoot fans, but what's the latest there? Because now I'm hearing that that's not going to be a possibility here anytime soon, where they could uh, bet legally at uh, Chicago games. Uh, possibly. So huh. today was going to be a big vote that was going to kind of clear that threshold that would have put that forward. Now, if your friends have been to Wrigley Field recently, specifically, or have been to the Addison uh, Red Line stuff, They stopped going once we like, traded Chris Bryant, Ryan. <laughs> fair enough. I don't blame you. Uh, it looks like a sports book already. Um, that yeah. Even the, the, the L train station, they're full, they've already gotten architectural approval, which in Chicago is a big deal for a sports book in Wrigley Field. They have cleared everything. The one hurdle is that the Chicago City Council has to basically remove it, – it's indirect. Instead of passing a bill, they have to remove a law. But basically, they have to allow this to happen. And so today was going to be that vote. There was a lot, a lot of concerns over that, and the vote was postponed. And I'm not sure – no one's really sure when exactly that vote's going to be. The biggest concern was that Chicago, the same legislation that allowed the in-stadium sportsbooks, also created a casino in Chicago. And there's a lot of concern that the in-stadium sportsbooks will take away money – from that um, Chicago casino, and they're afraid that the money that they would get from the sports books, well, the money they'll get from the sports books won't make up the money they will lose by people who, instead of going to that casino, instead go to Wrigley Field, they go to Soldier Field, they go yeah. somewhere else to place their bets. Ryan, really quick, I wanted to ask you, and I should have probably asked you this first, but I know another problem that everybody has is, like, last year, Illinois goes on this ridiculous run, you know, and even though they get eliminated in the second round of the NCAA tournament, nobody could bet on them. Nobody could bet on Northwestern. Nobody could bet on actual Illinois colleges. Um, so you can't even bet like, you know, big 10 odds, even in college basketball, is that going to be the same in Maryland? Or do you have any idea? Like, will we be able to bet on the Terps on a Saturday? Oh no, absolutely. You will hundred percent be able to bet on the Terps okay. on a Saturday, any Maryland and state team. Yeah. Those Illinois provi- those prohibitions will not be included in Maryland at all. Don't you worry about that. Good. Those are ridiculous, man. And I know that they piss a lot of people <laughs> off, especially when you do have a team like Illinois last year that everybody wants to bet on. There is nobody in the industry that supports the in-state college bands. There are some lawmakers, but there's nobody in the industry. Um, Ryan, looking at the top 10 U.S. states by sports betting whole percentage as of October 2021, I saw that tweet kind of get kicked around my timeline a little bit. Can you talk about the not surprising part of that um, when it comes into when it in relation to the mobile sports betting legality um, in the top or in three of those uh, states? And we lost. Well, Quentin, I want to tell you, that's the best question I ever heard. Horvat, you are great looking, even with those eyebrows. Like a young Matt LaFleur. Ryan, we are losing you. Yeah, can you guys hear me yeah, okay? Yeah, there you are. There we go. We got you now. Sorry, I don't know. I, it's been kind of weird on my end, too. I apologize. It's okay. Um, no, so we, I know that tweet you're referencing. And what you're looking at yeah. is the states that have the highest hold percentage yeah. are the states that have the least competition. They have the worst odds. They have the least options. And, it, you know, it makes sense. Uh, if you want... You know, if you want a better uh, or lower hold percentage, you got to have a competitive market. It's better for the better, at least. Now, the you know, 
the whole percentage can be very misleading how you look at that stat. These single markets, these monopolies, these states like that that only have one or two or three options. Well, the problem is you still have so many people who are using bookies, who are going offshore, who are using other options. So you might not be generating as much revenue as you think you do, even though you have that higher hold percentage. So again, it's with industry standard, but everyone tell you everywhere you want, you want a competitive market. You know, Virginia is about to have 15 sports books. Maryland could, they won't, but they could have as many as 60. Uh, New Jersey has roughly 25. These are some of the best markets. These are going to be some of the, mo the more successful markets. And again, it's why you want this competitive option with all of the big sports books. And then ideally some local sports books, some smaller ones as well. Ryan, uh, what is your take on some of the recent comments that the CEO of DraftKings made about, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, right? Where he was <laughs> like, I don't want people hopping around from sports book to sports book. I only want loyal customers and I don't want people who are uh, interested in seeking profit and gambling to be my customers. Do you think that all those comments long-term affect DraftKings? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Long-term, long there's not going to be much of an impact on it. Uh, DraftKings' business model is very much spend as much as it takes to be dominant. Uh, they are going to continue to do that. They're going to continue to promote. They're going to continue to advertise. Something that uh, Jason Robbins said, and what was definitely a very investor-based audience, which is also important to contextualize, mm. um, it was about you know their business model, which has come under scrutiny a lot because their stock has struggled. Right. They haven't. They aren't right now. They're not making money um, because they're spending so much on it. Now, will that long-term work out? You know, it's a little too early to tell. But so that, that you got to conceptualize it. It was definitely a big story on Twitter. It was a big story in, in my world with the area I cover. Long term, I don't think many people are going to even remember he said it. Ryan, any other maybe crazy stories or updates that we should know about coming up here in the sports gambling realm in about 60 seconds? Yeah, so the biggest thing we're looking at is Ohio should introduce and could pass its online sports betting bill. That's going to be a huge one. Ohio is one of the biggest states left that doesn't have online sports betting. So we're looking at statewide mobile, possibly in-stadium sports books, which would be really interesting as well. Mm. A lot of teams, a lot of players, a lot of casinos. So that could be a huge market and would be a big part overall. So that's the biggest news we're looking at right now. Uh, plus the Florida craziness. They had one online sports betting app. Now it's gone. That's going to be an ongoing legal battle that could take years. So those are two of the biggest stories we're looking at right now heading into the new year. Yeah, I heard that 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 might actually not even happen in Ohio until January 1, 2023. So that's that's insane, that timeline. Exactly. The launch might not happen until then, but Jeez. first got to pass the bill. And they've talked about this bill for over three years. So just getting it passed would be a big deal. Um, yeah, it's going to be a while to the best launch. But the fact that they're finally advancing it in such a big state with so many big teams that's a huge deal for the uh, industry overall. All righty, Ryan. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Anytime Ryan. we need the smartest person in, uh, <laughs> when Break it comes to sports, we, we call the big, we bring out the big guns, and that's Ryan Butler. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great night. Thanks, guys. Next time, hopefully, my phone is smarter, too. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay. Those things are junk anyway. Ryan Butler, let's use an iPhone, which, you know.